on the corner of Beaver Avenue and Allen Street. And this episode is dropping on Wednesday, October 31st. So happy Halloween if you happen to be listening uh, to this episode that day. Um, this episode isn't about Halloween. If you, if you want to get in the Halloween spirit, uh, uh, download and, and listen to last week's podcast episode. We talked with members of the Spooky Scary Society. So that was sort of our Halloween preview. Uh, for today, this could be scary for some people. Uh, if you're looking to go into business for yourself, if you're thinking about an entre- being an op- entrepreneur, uh, that could be a little bit scary. Well, coming up uh, November 7th through the 15th, it's Global Entrepreneurship Week, Penn State. This is the 10th year for Penn State to put on a Global Entrepreneurship Week. And SCLO is, again, a community partner, and we have actually three events at the library during that week. Uh, the first is on Tuesday, November 13th, uh, starting at 6.30 p.m. The Nittany Valley um, Writers Network is presenting J.D. Barker. He's a best-selling uh, thriller author who actually self-published his first book, and he, through his determination and, and promoting himself, he was able to get noticed, and he's now with a, a big uh, traditional publishing company. He's, his books are, like I said, bestsellers. He has a TV deal, a movie deal in the works. And actually, as a little preview, next week's podcast episode is my conversation with J.D. Barker, so you can get a preview of his visit here on the 13th. And then on November 14th, Mary McKinney, she's the director of Duquesne University Small Business Development Center, uh, she's going to be hosting the workshop Work for Yourself at 50+, plus, and this is a AARP interactive workshop. So if you're you know, in the, the retirement age and thinking of uh, doing something for yourself, uh, that would be a good workshop to check out. And then uh, the final event here at Slow for uh, Global Entrepreneurship Week is on Thursday, November 15th. Uh, SCORE, the organization here in Central PA, is hosting uh, the seminar Writing a Business Plan, and that's at 5.30 p.m. on Thursday the 15th. So all that information is on our website, sclolibrary.org, or calendars, so check that out. For today, uh, I have a conversation with Kimberly McMullen. She is the director of the Penn State Small Business Development Center, and so she's sort of spearheading uh, Global Entrepreneurship Week, Penn State, and she she came back, she's a Penn State alum, and she came back to the university to work last December, so this is actually her first uh, Global Entrepreneurship Week. So we have a conversation about what's been like for her to put the, the event together, um, and then she also talks about all the uh, help and tools and and things that are available for people here in this community who are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or starting their own business. There, there's so much available to them, and you can find out some of that um, during the, the Global Entrepreneurship Week events, uh, November 7th through the 15th. But the Small Business Development Center 
is always available for people who want to get information about starting their own business. Um, so until then, I uh, hope you enjoy my conversation I have with Kimberly McMullen of the Penn State Small Business Development Center and as we get ready for Global Entrepreneurship Week. joining us for this podcast episode on uh, Global Entrepreneurship Week, focusing on that. Um, now, this is your first one since you uh, came to Penn, returned to Penn State, I guess, since in last December. Um, how has it been putting this together? Because it's a big one. It's a 10th year celebration. How's it been putting it together? That's right, David. It's our 10th anniversary. Penn State and the Small Business Development Center uh, have both been a part of the Global Entrepreneurship Week now for 10 years. It, it is only 10 years old, so we were one of the first universities that signed on to the program, and it started in one room with a few entrepreneurs and a couple of speakers, and now it has evolved into a seven-day affair across campus, including Innovation Park and a number of our downtown locations, like We're yourself. happy to be one of those. Yes, yes. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, uh, in my past life, I also uh, organized and produced a lot of large-scale events in the community that I moved from. So I wasn't really intimidated by the scope or the scale of GEW. What made me a little nervous was making sure that the number of constituents that are attached to this particular event, that I was really touching on the points and value that they were hoping to either deliver or get from it. So being fairly new to Penn State uh, uh, after a number of years out of the state, I wanted to make sure that I, I understood what the ultimate goal of GEW was and then make sure that some of my past experience started to address a lot of the little moving parts mm-hmm. between concessions and speakers and students and marketing. And um, it's a monster, uh, <laughs> but, um, but, but with great intentions. Yeah. Well, since you mentioned, what what do you see or what did you hear was the goal of, of the Global Entrepreneurship Week in terms of um, who and, and how that determine who you bring in to speak and all that? Yeah. Well, we've got uh, Global Entrepreneurship Week uh, is an offshoot of the Global Entrepreneurship Network, mm-hmm. which was founded about 10 years ago. And this is truly a global international program that is meant to inspire entrepreneurship and bring to people uh, successful entrepreneurs, uh, ideas, ideation, a lot of that interesting stuff that makes someone say, I think I have a solution. I think I have a technology. Uh, there's something that I would like to bring to market. And how do how do you get them to move forward in that in that place? There's there are layers to it. One of one is just the spirit of entrepreneurship. How do you actually make sure that someone uh, is is conscious of what needs to be done in order to bring their idea to fruition? And then there's all of the technical stuff of how do you start a business and uh, can you finance your business? Do you know how? Are there legal considerations before you actually take this on? So Global Entrepreneurship Week is meant to bring all of that to the table and celebrate but educate at the same time. So we've got two core audiences. We have our community, and our community is not just State College. Regionally, we look at Center County, and then we have this this vibrant 
base of students that are looking to find their future. So those are the two groups. And what we tried to do this year that's a little different is find a panel structure for what we believe to be uh, some of the fundamental things that people think about when they want to start a business or when they have an idea that needs to be developed, um, is to put together panels that are either industry-specific or they deal with a certain function within starting a business, such as intellectual property or product development, um, legal issues, uh, uh, QuickBooks, accounting. How do you, what do you do? I have to spend money now, but I also have to track money. Um, so we've tried to blend all of those elements into an exciting program this year. Oh, that sounds good. Um, what, I guess, uh, how, since coming back, how have you found the entrepreneur community uh, here? Um, I mean, you, you went to Penn State, you graduated, but uh, um, how have you found the entrepreneurship community here in terms of um, helping uh, people who want to do startup businesses and stuff? Yeah. I think that Center County, um, uh, for Central Pennsylvania is very uh, robust. I have found that there are a number of organizations that want to be part of uh, just business development, economic development. Um, They're willing to help each other. There are some very strong networking organizations that work together. Here at the Small Business Development Center, we work with a number of Penn State resources and also community economic resources, such as the Chamber of Commerce. Um, but within Penn State, um, we are part of the Event Penn State Initiative. We work with uh, outreach and online engagement and the Office of Research. And there are so many specialized groups within this innovation portfolio that Dr. Barron had this vision to put into place. And we're so happy to be a part of it because it's it's cutting edge. It's it's uh, not only within the region, but it's outside of the region because so many of the students might not end up staying here, but they're taking this education and this inspiration with them when they go. And I have found that there is an abundance of resources. People just need to know what they are and where to find them. Uh, but it's an incredibly supportive community within itself. And I am on a couple of committees that are trying to work together with the local government, the commissioners, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, here at Penn State with our individual little uh business units and, and innovation groups, the launch boxes, which mm-hmm. are across the Commonwealth. Yeah, one's right across from us. That's yes, cool, yes. Yeah. Um, how do we bring all of that energy and enthusiasm together to bring people through the door and say, you can make this happen, and we've got the tools and the resources to do that for you? Mm-hmm. You mentioned you know, students might not stay here, but with that support, and it seems like there seems to be a more conscious effort to have students do stay here or, or at least come back here eventually maybe do you notice that do you think in having that support do you is that an incentive maybe for to have um students who go, go through the programs or whatever to to maybe launch their programs here or launch their businesses here yes yeah. i think so i think there is a lot of infrastructure and just lifestyle mm-hmm. opportunity here and so you've got 
students, and not all of them are undergrads. Some of them are very ambitious graduate <laughs> students. And how do how do we brand State College and the region? Well, you've got this university here that is a world-class institution, but then you've also got this region in central Pennsylvania that is beautiful and safe, has a lot of great things to offer, whether you're a young family or a mature family or a retiree. And all of that has to come together in order to make it attractive for people to want to stay here. And I think it's ideal for the student population because it's affordable, it's safe, uh, you know, it's accessible to Washington, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New York. So there's a lot of reasons to encourage them to start a business here, um, regardless of the sector. And one of the things the SBDC tries to do is educate our clients, and I can tell you more about that in a bit, but we try to educate our clients in terms of some of the Pennsylvania initiatives, whether it be in the energy space, manufacturing, technology, um, agriculture, huge in Pennsylvania. A lot of great programs and incentives come out of Harrisburg. How do people find them? How do they know? Oh, I have I, uh, something. Just here's a here's a really simple example. Uh, maybe I would like to learn how to make cheese. Well, I'm in a state that has dairy, mm-hmm. that has uh, that access to my base products, my fundamental product. Um, and then, what do I do? What do I need to know to actually start a business within that space, space with the FDA, state requirements, and all of you know that that sort of thing? That is what happens with all of these innovation partners. How do we make that idea that you want to make cheese actually become your distribution company for something fantastic? Do you notice, um, since you deal a lot maybe with with entrepreneurs or people who want to be entrepreneurs to start their own businesses, um, common threads, like uh, even though everyone wants to maybe do something different, but are there like, is there something that you think uh, is inside someone or what they do to uh, come through to make them successful or make, or help their business get off to a good start? I do. I do. We deal here, we deal with a lot of people that have already developed some idea or interest in what they would like to bring to market. And by market, that's not necessarily a tangible product. It could be a service or, or something like that. Um, in that early startup phase, uh, I would say, and don't laugh, I would say that one of the common themes is the darkness around what they're about to do. Um, how do they, uh, how do we bring clarity to these elements, some of which are not that interesting, they're not, you know, they're not fun when you talk about legal and accounting and uh, and those sort of things. People are, people can be very focused in the startup phase on what it is they actually want to develop and put forth. So I would say, uh, we have an, a responsibility to make sure that people are very clear in the startup phase with what they're about to get into. Mm-hmm. But I would say they come to us with sometimes not a lot of awareness mm-hmm. of what they need to do and how they get from point A to point B. I think another common thread in the startup phase is who my customer is, Mm -hmm. because you could have an idea that you are crazy about, you would die for it, but if there's no one, if that is not solving a problem or satisfying a need, where are you going to find the revenue for your business to actually continue? customer discovery, who who wants what you have mm. is really it. Once people 
kind of get over those initial hurdles. Now they are in a place where I would say an established or existing business is looking at growth. How do I now find more? How do I get bigger? How do I do more with what I have? Um, and that can be uh, that can be challenging regionally if you aren't sure how to scale they call it scalability or how to distribute your product. Uh, you know, the internet can be your friend, especially in a region like this where uh, maybe we do sometimes feel isolated here in State College. Uh, uh, the the ability to deliver talent information, services, and products outside of this area is at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. And so that in itself is an education for a lot of people Mm -hmm. to say, well, wow, I don't need a storefront. I can do this online. So I think once, once you're past that startup phase, the next threads are where do I go from here? Yeah. How do I make myself? How do I, how do I win? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and, and, and she works, but she's been thinking of being doing something on her own. And I guess, it, I don't know if you know, is there pluses and minuses between just making that leap of faith and, and saying, I'm going to start this? Or do you, or maybe taking baby steps and still having that secure job, but maybe doing something on the side? Do you notice? I don't know if, if that's something you notice. If, who is there? Good or bad in, in either approach or whatever. Or? You know, I'm um, I have a I have a marketing background, but I also have an accounting background. <laughs> so I always I always defer to the side of conservative yeah. uh, analysis. <laughs> and I would say the safest thing to do is to either have a nest egg, and you know they say that financially you should have six months to a year of your income in reserve mm-hmm. in case something happens. I would say if you have a great idea. It's okay to keep your day job until you're sure that you've got your market, you've got a plan, you know how this is going to go for the short term, but you've also been very honest with yourself about what that revenue stream might be as you move outside of the comfort zone of having your day job. Some people are very fortunate in that they have the means to just say, I'm going to try this, and if it doesn't work, great. I'm just going to keep doing what I was doing before. Some people, the before is now, and they can't go to back before. They have to kind of move forward at a slower pace. I think it's one, it's what someone might individually be comfortable with, but I think to be prudent, be good to yourself, make sure that you don't put yourself in a position where if things maybe don't go quite as smoothly or as quickly as you were hoping that you can still continue to live and take care of your family. Um, That sounds like a scary thing to say. It's really not. But having a business plan, having a... I won't even call it a business plan. I'll just say having an approach plan. How are you going to let this unfold as time goes by? And at what point do you have to call time? That sometimes is maybe the best service that the SBDC provides to our clients is being able to say, if you don't hit this threshold within this period of time, you'll be losing money. Mm. Or maybe the business is not exactly coming together the way you had hoped, do you really want to continue at this point? I think that's as much a service as getting behind someone with a pro forma or sending them to a lender for 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 financing. Um, sometimes you just want people you want people to make the best decision that they can with the information that they have available. So we are almost you could say we're in the business of helping people make 
better decisions Mm -hmm. when it comes to starting a business. Um, And there's going to be a lot of information at uh, Global Entrepreneurship Week. Uh, Do you want to talk about some of the highlights or some of the things you think people um, or or some things that you're really looking forward to, maybe even personally? Yes. (laughs) Um, Yes, we are. uh, Well, being the 10th anniversary, uh, we started early on with just um, uh, uh, proposing some things that would be special (laughs) to celebrate this year and Penn State's support and participation with this. And so um, we are doing a calendar online. And if people want to go to our website or there is a GEW Penn State website, the calendar will be there. But I'm going to walk you through some of the things that we're really excited about. But the calendar is going to be updated all the way through GEW as we add speaker bios and content uh, about different topics. Um, we've got some student organizations that are still in the planning phase right now. And, you know, they might, they might uh, have some really, really cool stuff that we're going to help them promote in a couple of weeks. So the event starts on uh, November 6th is our uh, soft launch, if you will. We have what we call our first step to small business success. And that's going to be at the Merrill Lynch offices here in State College. That is a business fundamentals program to just walk someone through, here are the main considerations before you actually dive into this that you should be thinking about. First step is a national SBDC program. We are part of a state network. Uh, So first step um, is online. It's a common program, but it's a great place for someone who wants to start a business to uh, pretty much figure out whether or not they're going to go forward. November 7, we have uh, a number of things going on with faculty. Uh, we've got uh, colleges, HHD, SMEAL. Um, we've got College of Communications. We've got so much uh, support coming in from the campus. So on November 7, um, we have an intellectual property and product development panel, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. That panel will be talking about if you have an idea that looks like it's going to be proprietary, either through trademark or patent, what do you need to do? Who do you need to talk to? How do you protect that investment before you start publicizing it? On November 8th, we have our keynote speaker, and uh, I know you can hear the excitement in my voice. Um, so this year, our keynote is a, uh, a young lady from uh, who actually started her business at Lehigh Valley Launchbox, part of the Penn State Launchbox Network, and her name is Tanya Wright, and Tanya has a hair care line called Harriet, and uh, she was just inspired to do this uh, uh, through the course of her day job. And her day job is she is an actress, so she'll be coming in to visit us from Los Angeles and uh, has been on a number of programs people might have heard of, True Blood, Orange is the New Black, um, and a number IMDB is the place to go. All All of her programs are listed there. And we are so excited to have Tanya, and she will actually be moderated, interviewed by Carolyn Donaldson okay. from WPSU. Yeah, yeah, Carolyn's been a great friend of the library. So oh, fantastic. Yeah. She's very excited. We're excited to have her do this. Uh, and then uh, we've got a couple of smaller events happening over the weekend, but the big student day for Launchbox is Sunday, November 11, mm-hmm. at Launchbox, and the 
Global Entrepreneurship Week Club, DW Club, <laughs> is putting together the entire day of programming, and we're excited to see what they come back with. Um, what else can I tell you about? Uh, we have got, well, one of the big new things is um, maybe of interest to you or some of your <laughs> listeners uh, is we've got an arts and entertainment um, entrepreneurship series on November 12, and that's going, going to be at the State Theater all day. And so we're, uh, we, we've got, we're working closely with the Belisario College of Communications for that and the Colleges of Arts and Architecture to pretty much deliver uh, programming, educational modules for people that are in the creative space who may not think of themselves as businesses. They want to be an actor or a broadcast journalist or a photographer. They're, they own a business and their business is themselves. So we're developing three or four uh, uh, modules, series, uh, to just talk to them about what do they need to do, what should they understand in before they put themselves out there and trust their livelihood you know, to someone else. Uh, and then um, uh, another thing we've done this year that's new is on November 14 and 15, we're doing two community-centric programming days. We haven't done this before. GEW um, has a very high attention to our student entrepreneurs. This year, we're also adding in a number of programs and inviting the community to participate fully. Uh, we've got uh, the Penn State Law Clinic doing a presentation on legal structure and business considerations. Uh, we've got DCED, which is a state group um, coming up to do some talk to uh, talk to us about uh, what do you need to do in the state of Pennsylvania to start a business. Uh, we've got uh, uh, another organization, Merrill Lynch, is going to do some help, uh, help us out with some content on can you financially afford to start a business. Uh, we have the SBA. Um, we are hoping to put together a veterans program specifically for them. Uh, one of our sister organizations, Duquesne, is coming up to do an AARP. And that one's actually at the library. At the at library, school, so yes. yes so, um, so I could go on and on. Uh, another special guest we have that day is Michael Del Grosso, mm -hmm. and he is going to be doing. Actually, Michael, um, we are giving Michael his own segment because he is such a dynamic <laughs> speaker and has done some really great presentations. So, uh, so he's got his own time slot. So <laughs> wow. we've got we've got Michael. Coming Coming in on Thursday. Um, and then around that, on the calendar, are all of the events that are going on in the community. The Chamber of Commerce, um, New Leaf, the Makery, the Library. Um, a lot of different uh, organizations are just putting something on because they know that all of this activity will be happening concurrently. So we're really excited to add things to the calendar and just make sure that people coming in, this is a football weekend, so we're hoping that some of the alumni are going to come early or stay later yeah. and, uh, and be a part of the, these events with us. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you, you have brought in, it seems like, a lot of community partners, Slow being one of them, that, so yeah. the, the whole community is getting around this yeah. event, it seems like, so yes. that's good. Um, you mentioned uh, your, your uh, featured speaker, Tanya Wright, coming from California. That's where you came from um, before coming here. Can you, I guess talk 
just a little bit uh, personally about you know what brought you back to Penn State um, last winter and, uh, and and how you've enjoyed coming back That's, here. Yeah. Well, you said you said winter. You said the magic word. Yes, um, yeah, I, came, I came back in December, yeah. um, which was fairly mild until yeah. January when the temperature dropped to eleven. Uh, and Do you and, regret the decision? Well, you know, um, I'm, for those that don't know, I was living about seven blocks from the Pacific Ocean in Hermosa Beach, California. Uh, said just south of Los Angeles, so it was a little bit of a shock, but I was prepared for it. I went to school here. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Pennsylvania, um, and I was out west for for uh, almost 20 years, mm-hmm. and my experience out there was primarily in uh, the entertainment industry, but my functionality was in uh, mostly corporate reporting, financial analysis, and accounting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I came back, you know, I came back for a family transition. Mm-hmm. I am very fortunate that uh, my dad uh, has, is still around mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just wanted to be closer to him as, uh, as life evolved and makes its way uh, as life does. So that was the primary reason. Um, I was looking for employment pretty much within the state of Pennsylvania, and um, Penn State made the call. Oh, that's wonderful. We're happy you're here now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, since we're a library, like asking uh, people, um, is, is there a book either growing up or a book now that has really made an impact on your life that you'd recommend maybe or even just personally what it meant to you? Well, you know, you know, I, I will, and this will this will probably be uh, probably a little off track. Mm-hmm. Actually, all three, and thank you for giving me some time to think about that question. <laughs> but as I was as I was preparing to answer it, um, all three series that really influenced me over my lifetime um, are literally series. And it made me think about, am I, do I find myself drawn to the artistic style of an author? Or is it a story that goes beyond a single book? Um, uh, although I have to say, okay, the one book I would have to say was uh, Jurassic Park and the Lost World. I don't <laughs> okay. know why, but uh, just uh, I keep going back to chaos theory, maybe because I, I live it every day. Um, but um, when I was when I was really young, the two series that uh, that I read again and again were uh, the Hardy Boys, oh. the Hardy Boys, and um, I loved that forensic thinking, even though it was obviously written for young people. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be the young adult books of, yeah. of bygone eras. Yeah. Uh, but the Hardy Boys, and um, and then I also uh, had original plans to be a oceanographer, and so uh, I spent a lot of time in the sciences as a young child, and I read a series of books written by Jacques Cousteau on on the ocean world. And then I grew up a little bit, not much, but a little bit, (laughs) and uh, and I discovered Anne Rice after having to read Interview with the Vampire here at Penn State in a Gothic literature class. Oh, wow. (laughs) And and I have stuck with her all the way through her Lestat series Mm -hmm. and um, uh, the the Blackwood Farm series, I think it is. Uh, But... um, Again, uh, my my 
other favorite books tend to be classics. Okay. I think I love language. I love uh, I love uh, having to think about what someone wrote in a sentence because it was so well structured. And I'm not sure, you know, sometimes that's lost, you know, yeah. the Shakespeare's and the Jane Austen's and all that. So to any young readers, Google them. They write awesome things, yeah. <laughs> although it might take a second or third read. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's worth it. It's, it's absolutely worth yeah. it. Well, that's yeah. great. Um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about either about Global Entrepreneurship Week or SBDC that we haven't you know, touched on? Yeah. You know, I um, I just wanted to, uh, I, I've mentioned the SBDC a number of times mm-hmm. while we've been talking, and the SBDC stands for Small Business Development Center, and we are part of a national network. Mm-hmm. Within the state of Pennsylvania, there are 18 centers, most of which are attached to a, a host institution, a university. And... Our mission, our design is to help businesses start, grow, and prosper, and we do that by giving customized and individual advice to people that come seeking to start a business, or they may already be in business and they need more information, or they need guidance on something new. And what we do is, uh, we this is no or low cost. Some of our events do have a small nominal charge. That's usually to cover a speaker. Uh, but we provide this counseling for free. And we are funded by the Small Business Administration, the state of Pennsylvania, and uh, Penn State uh, Outreach and Online Engagement and the Office of Research have been extremely supportive of what we do. And so uh, we really empower entrepreneurs and small business owners with whatever knowledge or information, resources they need to move their reality forward, whether that be I'm starting my business, I'm in business and I'm not sure how to grow it, or I'm ready to transition out. I I need advice on selling a business, a family business. Um, Michael Del Grosso will probably speak a little bit to that uh, at Global Entrepreneurship Week. Um, So that is, that's what we do. And um, we, uh, we, have some fantastic consultants here. We uh, regionally we work closely with our neighbors, uh, Bucknell and Lock Haven University. Um, but um, I was also part of an SBDC when I was in graduate school. I was a consultant at Lehigh. So this family, this concept, this mission um, has been a part of my life for a very long time, and I'm I'm so happy to be back. That's great. Well, we're happy you're here back at Penn State. Um, thank and, you. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we're looking forward to a Global Entrepreneurship Week. Thank you. Please go online. The community, students, everyone is welcome to everything we're doing this year. Just look it up online and give the center a call if you have any questions. Great. Thank you, Kimberly, so All much. Right. Thank Take you, care. David. Thank you. So if you want the complete list of events from for Global Entrepreneurship Week, go to its website, gew.psu.edu. All the information's there. There's just so much happening during those uh, uh, that week, November 7th through the 15th. And, of course, we got the three events here at Sklow Library, November 13th, 14th, and 15th, uh, beginning with... Uh, the J.D. Barker's visit on November 13th, the Nittany Valley Writers Network's uh, bringing him in. 
And just a reminder, check out next week's episode of the podcast where you can hear my conversation with J.D. Barker. And some other happenings at the library. November Book Club has started. Uh, You can uh, register today. You actually could start registering on October 29th and then uh, start logging books on November 1st and that's for the and it goes through the entire month and there you know, chance to win prizes all that that's for kids ages 0 to 12 on Saturday November 3rd from uh, starting at 2 p.m. is a preschool block party and on Sunday November 4th Penn State's sign language organization is helping to celebrate Thanksgiving they're host they're um, helping with an event called Give Thanks and that's Give thanks starting at 2 p.m. on Sunday the 4th. And then in our adult department, we have a clubs meeting. Comics Club meets every Friday starting at 3.30 p.m. The Go and Chess Clubs meet on Saturdays starting at 2 p.m. Uh, the next knitting club meeting is uh, Monday, November 5th at 5.30 p.m. The next Slow Labs is Saturday, November 10th. At 10.30 a.m., it's looking at SCLO's online resources. So just tons of stuff happening. Uh, you can check out our website again, sclolibrary.org, on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Again, a little switch to our calendar, uh, if you haven't heard. Um, an evening with Mimi Barish-Coppersmith is now happening on Tuesday, November 27th. It was originally scheduled for Thursday, November 8th, but it has been switched now to Tuesday, November 27th. And then just looking ahead also to Thanksgiving coming up, uh, the library is going to be closed uh, Thanksgiving Day, Thursday, November 22nd, and the day after, Friday, November 23rd. And also it'll be closing a little early on Wednesday, November 21st, the day before Thanksgiving. It'll be closing at 6 p.m. So I just want to, if you are looking to get uh, some books, DVDs or whatever for the holiday, for the the weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, just keep that in mind that the library will be closed or closing early the day before and then closed Thanksgiving Day and the day after. And just keep in mind all our services uh, that you can, you can access with our your library card, uh, Canopy. Uh, you don't need to come to the library if you want to get uh, movies. You can stream it from your home, uh, Canopy. All you need is your library card. You get free video streaming. Um, you know, online you have e-books, e-audio books, and then just all the books obviously here at the library. All that information is available on our website, schoollibrary.org. Uh, check out our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, the calendars, uh, we're getting through the fall. Obviously, we're basically in November now, so two more months for the fall calendars that are available at our library. The winter ones should be coming out another month or so and get you ready as we're getting ready to look ahead to 2019 and all this stuff that will be going on then. Uh, Until next week when I'll be talking to J.D. Barker. Hope you're enjoying our podcast. Let us know. Feel free to contact us. Um, Until next time, hope to see you at Sklo Library.